I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi guys, Sine here. Just wanted to jump in and let you know that there are some ads on the pod now. This is to help Lonnie and I keep doing what we love and we thank you for supporting us. Lonnie, mm-hmm. I have a small game I'd like to play with you. Okay. The game is I say a superpower mm-hmm. and you tell me whether it's good or not. Okay. Sure. Super hearing. Arguably, but not really. Flight. That can be helpful. As long as you can go fast, I think. If you just fly at a normal walking pace, less less important, less less exciting. Shape shifting. That can be helpful, sure. Mind reading. Definitely, yeah. The ability to summon one hundred Jack Russell Terriers at any given moment. That is my life goal. <laughs> and dream. So yes. A hundred that might be a bit much. A hundred's too much. <laughs> Two's a lot to handle. So. <laughs> Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies. This week, my name's Lottie and her name's Sine. Only this week though. Next week we'll have different names, so... It'll be probably just bring some new hosts in for a week and see if anyone notices. They'd probably notice. They'd probably notice. <laughs> we have watched Encanto this week. New Disney joint. What do you what do you think of Encanto, Sine? Um, I liked it. I think it was overhyped for me. Didn't live up to the hype. Okay. And that's it. That's our review. So that's, see you later. <laughs> is that how we think about most films? Listen, maybe. Mm. I'll go in depth about my reasons, guys. Lonnie's just asked me to give an overview. Gosh. Okay. Um, for me, I, I feel a bit bad. I missed this one in the cinemas, but I guess when it came out, we are all locked down again in Australia. So mm. probably you know, it wasn't the highest on my list to go brave COVID for. I watched it at home, but I feel a bit, a bit bad about that because I think this would have really been great on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. What's it about? It is about, um, sorry, I was just checking. It's not Pixar, is it? It's just Disney. It is about. I stumped you, haven't I? <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to find like a thing. I could try to remember what happened. And I thought Wikipedia would have like a one line thing, but it doesn't. <laughs> okay. There's a girl. Her name's Mirabelle? What's her name? Mirabelle. Mirabelle. She's of the family Madrigal. Yes. And they're like a magical family and they all have powers. Mm-hmm. And then the house is like enchanted and one day the house stops being enchanted and they all start stop. They stop being magical, start to lose their magic. God, this is going great. Um, and it's like about family and yes. it's around, it's, is it set in Colombia? Columbia. So yeah. I think the reason I'm struggling to describe what happened is because the movie doesn't have much of a plot. 
It's a lot of setup, not much resolution. No. And that's why it didn't really hold together for me. Yeah, there's almost no character journey that she goes on. No. Character. Okay, so let's get into it. You can watch this on Disney Plus if you're after, and you don't have to pay extra for it. It's just with mm -hmm. the app. Mm -hmm. So they're in this town, right? And the town's given sanctuary, and, and the magical flame has presented itself to the grandma in a way to protect them, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone in the family sort of comes of age and turns a certain age, and, and they are bestowed with a gift, can I just, just jump in there, sorry? Go for it. In the film, they talk about you come of age and then you get your power in this family, right? Mm -hmm. You come of age about four. They're not coming of age really, are they? It's very true. They're not like 16, 13. They're like yeah. five. So Probably a bit too young to get magical powers, to be honest. Probably. Maybe they're wondering why things are going wrong. Maybe stop, you know, indoctrinating your kids while they're still kids. No. Um so that happens and then the whole issue is that the flame begins to go out and correct me if I'm wrong, the reason that the flame is going out is because the family is not cohesive and the, the, the grandma doesn't accept Mirabelle and Mirabelle doesn't accept the grandma and then together that's the reason because family. Yeah, I, I, I think that is a fair take on that. I also think it's something to do with the sort of intergenerational trauma in this family. Yeah, okay. So fell fleeing as refugees and the, the grandma um, lost her husband and while she was, they just had the babies or was she pregnant still? Well, they just had that in the babies already. She had the babies. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, I'm always more of a rose when I say that word. You know, I saw Catherine O'Hara in a film on TV last night briefly and she wasn't doing Moira voice and I cannot take her seriously. She's either the mum in Home Alone or Moira. That's it. She can't do any other roles. I'm sorry, Catherine. <laughs> anyway, back to the trauma. <laughs> so she loses her husband and then I think it's kind of like the magic sort of comes from that, that really terrible act that sort of you lost your husband but here's some magic and it's we're going to protect you now. You know, magic happens sometimes in these stories. That's, that's totally fine. Yeah. And then the, the town sort of builds around her and then other people come in and it's a nice little little sort of village that they're all part of. I think the intergenerational trauma, though, is like the same thing that can make you strong and that the grandma had to be strong to be there for her family and then sort of being the de facto leader of this whole village, right? Mm -hmm. That same thing that makes you strong can also make you weak over time. So she had to be a really strong woman and never show any sort of weakness and had to be there for her kids and she's the one everyone relies on. Mm. But then just sort of perversely over time, when she has a granddaughter she doesn't really connect with and isn't isn't pulling her weight, they would argue, because she doesn't have magical powers herself. Yeah, we should mention, so Mirabel is an outsider in her family because she doesn't have any powers. Yeah. She went to, to get to come of age, quote-unquote, and get her little door because they all get a special little door, which I'm going to riff on later because I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it disappeared for her, which, like, oh, tough. That's tough. So I kind of saw the cracks as, you know, over time, the same things make you strong, making you weak, and that's the family sort of has been too strong for too long and hasn't, they have to be there for the whole village and then they never actually talk about weakness or are there for each other. It's kind of, it's all show. No one actually really 
it talks about their feelings, things like that. So that's how I kind of saw it. But also I think the the cohesiveness in the family is in there. That said, they let Bruno leave. No one seems to care much about him. They all hated him. So It's very true. I, I'm not the first person to say this, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they talk for so long about how they don't talk about Bruno. At the slightest chance, you sing a song about him, don't you? <laughs> Everyone's got like two cents about Bruno then. I didn't even pick up on that. It's very true. The people who say that we're not talking about Bruno, you're talking about him quite a bit. So much. The lady doth protest too much, my lord. And Bruno's in the walls. He can hear you talking shit about him. No wonder he doesn't want to be around you. Firstly, creepy. Don't do that. Just leave. I know you love your family. I don't know. Can you Skype him? Do we have Zoom in this universe? I don't I think, think so. It's supposed to be early 1900s, so probably not. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird to live in the walls. Like, that's terrifying. If I found that out, like I was in the family and he comes back into the family, I'd be like, so you were just like watching us sleep yeah. and stuff? Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I know, good. Anyway. Bruno, we guy. We guy. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's where I kind of see that. So that's, that's the main plot line is that the other... The magic is falling away. The house is cracking around them. Mm. And then who, who's going to come save the day but Mirabelle? But then she doesn't really. So, like. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. This is what I, I I have huge issues with the plot of this film. Okay. So, all of that stuff is, like, the first hour, right? Mm-hmm. And then the big climax is the house falls down because the magic is gone. Mm. And to fix this she goes and sits by a river with her grandmother mm-hmm. and nothing happens and it's yeah. magically resolved well that's it you need to define what the magic is in the story world so i know what you're doing to fix it right? yeah yeah because she's like oh we all have to come together it's like but you were already together yeah pretty much like yeah you had, like, sort of regular family disputes, but you were pretty much on the same page with everything. Like, the mum loves her, the dad loves her, her mm. cousin loves her. Mm. Like, it's just the grandma and her who have a little bit of of disconnect. Mm. But you need to, if that's the, the main sort of crisis of the film, if that's what we're mm. talking about, familiar relationships and intergenerational trauma, as you mentioned... They needed to go way further with that because that was just so light. It'd be nice to dramatise that throughout the whole film rather than resolving it in one chat by the river. Yeah. Yeah. Something happens sometimes when we watch films today where a different narrative and potentially a better, more interesting one emerges. A hint of that emerges. Mm. Did that happen to you at one point during this film? It's happened to me. Ooh, now I want to know which bit it was for you. Huh. Should I just tell you? Yeah, just tell me. Well, there's a bit, so little cousin becomes a bird or like an animal um, whisperer. You can understand animals. And the whole family goes in his like TARDIS room that he has. This little jungle. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a point where Mirabelle goes outside and it looked like, and I think it might happen for a second, where the door closed to that world. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh my God. All the magical, powerful people are going to be stuck. Oh, yes. No, I had that thought too. And Mirabelle's outside and she has no powers, but she's got to find some way to bring them back. And then they're going to be like, and she's going to have to use non-magical ways to do it. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, thanks, Mirabelle. 
even though you don't have magical powers, you use the power of invention or whatever and ingenuity and you saved us. And you know what? Even though you haven't got magical powers bestowed to you and talents, you know, you're still really cool and we love you. I think that was the storyline I thought was emerging. No, my, it did not happen. My exact thought you reminded me at the time was, is this the safest thing to do <laughs> to put everyone with powers in one room so that they don't know what's going on and Mirabel has to come tell you what's going on? No. And they don't believe her, yeah. Also, it's the entire village, is it not, that's there? I think pretty much. So yeah. what, what were we supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this uh, the plot of this film is all over the place in the sense that it doesn't have one and mm. the, it tries to at some point but then forgets about it. It resolves so quickly. It, it feels like, you know, really old movies where like even I think it happens in It's a Wonderful Life maybe um, where it was really, I guess it's still in vogue to do that, but it was really in vogue back then to just, Right, resolution, he's got the girl, kiss her, fade to black, quick. Like, time's money, guys, we've got to finish this film. Like, it's it's over, that's it. They don't get any catharsis, done. Well, I think that's, is that the Hitchcock thing where it's like the movie has a big bang that ends as soon as possible? Yeah, you should end it as soon as possible as yeah. writing advice that everyone is taught. Yeah. I disagree. Give me a, a, a satisfying conclusion to your story. Wrap things up a little bit for me or leave them on a cliffhanger. But don't just, like, cut it off. Mm. Like it feel it's like almost like the power's shut out or someone's pulled the plug and the movie's over. That's what this felt like. It's like, oh, okay, we're back and oh, oh, okay, that's I guess that's it. I guess that was the movie. It just didn't earn any of it for me. And I feel bad saying that because I know people are really connecting with this film, um, especially people from South America. And that's that's totally okay. I'm not having a go at that at all. I think as a film narratively, it does not work. Um, I loved all the stuff to do with the culture. We have to talk about the visuals. Like it's not surprising at this point that Disney's good at animation, right? I get that. But wow, is this film absolutely beautiful to look at. Yeah, and if it's, if it's great to look at on your TV at home, even better yes it would have been the lighting is just oh phenomenal the colors are beautiful obviously because they're so bright and vibrant but her hair like she's got this curly hair and it's it's perfectly animated and I even found myself watching the characters in the background a lot Mm. because they had these really interesting little bits and I'm still in the middle of my Disney rewatch where I'm rewatching every feature film that Disney's ever made, um, starting from the 1920s, 20s, 40s, starting from Snow White. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know, like knowing that it was someone's sole job for like a year, two years, all they were doing was doing the lighting of this one scene like that, it's just incredible to me that 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 can be done. And how how does animation work? Explain it to me. I don't understand. I get flippy books. I get little hand drawn things. <laughs> how can you make a lens flare happen? How can you make lighting on a thing that's not three dimensional? Mm. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's like in that that meme that goes around Twitter every now and then. It's like five seconds of this movie would kill the Victorian child from you know, <laughs> yes. Victorian times. Yeah, this would blow your mind if, you know, 
not know much about animation or no. time traveling from the past. It is it is gorgeous and it's so interesting because I remember Merida um, in Brave being a real mm. thing because they're like they had to animate her hair and that was like the first time they'd ever sort of done that individually. Um, I I just wow is all I have yeah. to say about the animation. I like to think back to like the first Toy Story. They didn't have many human characters because they couldn't really yes. look right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And while we're talking about good stuff, because I've got some complaints oh, please. later on. But the music is great too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so I was going to say, we probably should mention Lynn's in this because he can't make anything South American without consulting with Lynn at this moment. I don't have an issue. I'm just flagging that he's going down the James Corden route obviously he's not as much of an asshole allegedly but there's just Lynn's he's in a lot of things and he's around at the moment and you can't look sideways without running into something that he's done um but yes he can bloody write a lyric though can't he he can write a lyric that's true I actually forgot that he was in this and as I was listening to them I was like that's very similar to how Lynn writes his songs (laughs) he does weird like odd rhymes and then changes the sort of pattern of the of the rhyme which is really interesting i thought i would be into the songs a bit more i'm gonna be honest because the songs were really hyped up to me from some youtubers that i watched who had kids and they said we don't talk about bruno it's like the best song it's we play it all the time it's amazing and then not long after that i saw someone on twitter talking about louise's song saying this is the best song everyone's talking about we don't talk about bruno but this is actually the best song they were great I mean sure fine they didn't like blow me away with Mm. I I don't think I'm going to be singing these in two years you know I'm still going to be singing once upon a dream part of your world under the sea yeah you know hellfire I don't know why I broke into I guess the time the history will tell um, how staying, how much staying power it has. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the music, but I think there's only like one or two I'd go back and listen to again, which would probably be for Fan Magical I thought was fun. And then mm-hmm. maybe Bruno. That yeah. was way too quick for me though, the Family Magical. Mm. I probably needed to pause that and rewind that three times to catch what she was saying because yeah. the singing's so quick. And I don't think I totally got who everyone was and their relationship to each other, to be quite honest. Mm. Because it was way too fast. Speaking of music, yeah, this might be good into some of my further uh, complaints. Mm-hmm. So Louisa has a great song about how much pressure she's under, right? Yes. That, that, I liked that and the ticking of the clock and everything in that song. That was all good. Here's my question for Louisa. Yeah. How much pressure are you under? She's under pressure to be the strong one. Okay. Here's my thing, though. Because she's strong. Her job is to like pick up a, a cow or move a rock or something. She has magic powers. She can do that very easily. Literally her job and her, <laughs> her magical power bestowed to her bestowed to her as a child was you can lift things heavy. But maybe Lonnie, maybe she's she's doesn't want that life. Maybe she's well, sick of people saying, Can you come move my house for me? Can you put the cows here? I mean, I get that. Maybe they expect her a, to be you tough. Live in a small village. How often are you having to move a house or something? <laughs> it's oh, a good point. <laughs> so you could, go, you could do your rounds in the morning for an hour. Yeah. And, stuff. and how often does somebody need a rock move? Like... <laughs> well, apparently very often. 
guess maybe they're relying on her, I suppose, a lot. Yeah. And it was I a guess... metaphor, Lonnie. They were relying on her to be the strong one, to be the one without any emotions, to be the yeah, backbone of the family. That is true. And I guess if you know someone can lift a rock for you, you'll ask them all the time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And just because you can lift a rock doesn't mean you want to. That's my thing there, right? <laughs> wow. Sorry, That's that deep. quote is definitely going to be the hint for this, this podcast. There was an interesting idea here, which I'm not sure the film engaged with enough, but I guess it was kind of the point. The question is, should we value people for who they are or what they can do? Wow. What are your thoughts, eh? Well, aren't the two linked? They are linked, I suppose. But in this film, Mirabelle can't do anything or anything special, and so her mum or her grandma doesn't value her as a person, mm-hmm. which is the issue. And then that film, that's the central dramatic question, will that ever get resolved? Yes, it does. That's, that's cool. Awesome. But the other side of it for this family in this village, right? Mm-hmm. They're the special people. They've got the great power. They've got the great responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. My other thought on that, though, was like, who elected you guys to be in charge of town? Just because you got special powers means you kind of can control the course of history for this these people? Oh, okay. So, so my reading of that was the flame chose her, right? And they, the rest of the villagers saw that as like a spiritual sort of anointing of her as the head person. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. Well, that's nothing i got to say. Also, she brought brought the life to that area so they could have a, have a home. It was all like not able to be agricultural. <laughs> like it yeah, was. Yeah. She's, she's sort of terraformed it to be a nice village. Yes. And they're sort of protected yeah. from whatever happens outside of the village. That, that's all good, right? Mm-hmm. One quick point. Yeah. Grandma's like, you're shit, Mirabelle, because you don't have any powers. Uh, Grandma, do you have powers? Don't think so. You got a candle. That's all you got. Wow. So, sorry, sorry, Bell. I'm not trying to come. I'm going to come for you a little bit, but, you know. Wow. That's a good point. She (laughs) doesn't have any inherent in herself, does she? No. And so she's kind of like raising her children to have powers that <laughs> then, then she can control. What a hypocrite. <laughs> Get into it, Lonnie. Pow, pow, pow. You're so right. Why is she being such a capital B word? <laughs> but here's the thing, like, because they're special, the town looks to them for help, but also they're kind of, they've got the magical house on top of the hill and they let the plebs into their house for a celebration every once, you know, once a year or something, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like you guys kind of feel like you're the elite of this town, and they've got they've got those powers. Like one of you can control the weather. If you went bad, you would destroy the whole town we've got here. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's helpful. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The one person who can hear everything that goes on. You're eavesdropping on us all, all the time. I think, like, your point about Mirabel can't do anything, so she's not valuable to her grandma. Mm. And it's more about who she is as a person. I actually think, and this is where I thought it was heading. So I thought that the final lesson of the film was mm. going to be no, Mirabel doesn't have a power in the same way that the other people have. A power in that it's not magic but her power was in her all along and that was her kindness and generosity of spirit yeah. right that's not what the film lands on though it's just like nope she never had powers and she doesn't have powers the end because all throughout the film she's so kind to her little cousin who's nervous about going in to get his yeah. powers she's so kind to the people of the village and goes and helps them with whatever they need yeah she's a bit clutchy and like you know makes a few mistakes but Everyone likes her. It's not like she's been out, outcasted from the entire village. She's friendly and outgoing and, and willing to help and learn and, and ready to do whatever anyone needs her to do. And I guess that is the message of the film is like you don't need superpowers to be a good person, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't really engage with that as the final core lesson for me. The core lesson was accept your family for who they are, I think. Mm. Don't. Just let your gram let your grandma be mean to you. I don't know. The other thing is the mum didn't stand up for her very much. Grandma's yeah, like, Mirabelle's crap. Get her out of here. I never want to see her again. And the mum's like, well, my hands are tied. I guess you're out. So stand up for your daughter. Have a backbone. So we shouldn't have one grandma being in charge of the whole town. No. Everything. Well, I think I sent this message to you when mm-hmm. I watched this. It was like, it kind of, they say it a few times through the film, it's like, we have these powers and so people look for us and... You need to have a special power and that's why you come of age and then you can, you don't just have that power, you use it to help everybody in the town. That's yes. kind of like the good message, right? Mm-hmm. Here's my thing though. Mm-hmm. One of you can shapeshift. How does that help anybody in the town? <laughs> At least Mirabel goes out and looks after the kids and chats to them and she's a nice to her little cousin. Like you're saying, she's kind of being a, almost like a, you know, looking after the children sort of like. Yes. Yeah. That's more helpful than somebody who can make flowers okay great that's going to help us if we have a famine or <laughs> maybe she could grow tablets. edible flowers maybe they could eat things like that aloe vera off the sunburn i don't know lonnie can she grow herbs to stick into herbs it seemed she's making bouquets that's all i could see yeah that's true so like on the one hand i think the filmers and the, the filmmakers are like you know we need to make sure this these people are important to the town and they they're not just sitting back like gods 
they're mm-hmm. actually using their powers to help people because we've got nice main characters we want to follow. Mm-hmm. But then they were like, it'd be cool if we had some guy who can shapeshift, not really thinking through whether that's helpful to the town in internal story. Yeah, like. that's interesting. So maybe maybe Louise is like, you know what, I'm doing all the work around here because my cousin, all he does is make is pretend to be his, his mum and dad for a few seconds for a laugh, for a gaff. It's a fair point. Also, what does his room look like? Because you know how they all get special rooms, which mm. firstly, yes, please, I want a special room. I don't know what's going to be in my room. I don't know, like, what theme it's going to be. Um, but I love the idea of having a little magical door. I love the idea of a TARDIS room. Well, I, I like that idea too. And I feel a bit sorry that Mirabelle is 15, still sharing a room with her, like, four-year-old cousin because yeah. in the nursery. They're like, well. Screw you, Mirabelle. Yeah, they're very mean to her. You but... want a room? Be magical. <laughs> Until then, <laughs> that's odd. <clears throat> but what does the shapeshifter's room look like? Yeah. Is it a combination yeah. of all the other rooms? There's, like, a jungle corner and then there's, like, a flower corner and then there's, like, a weather corner. I don't know, maybe it's a mirror or something you can practice. What's Louise's room? Like a weights. Room, I, guess, yeah. <laughs> I honestly thought she was going to be more in this because people, the way people were going crazy about her online, but she was hardly in it. I guess she got one song, but and she is awesome. Let's face it. Yeah, she's great. And I, I spoke a bit of shit about Lynn. I, I take it back. I don't mean it. It's all in jest. There were some really funny moments in this, like. Mm at the table where Mirabelle knows something's going on and Louise is trying to keep a secret and there were some really, really nice lines there and it was really genuinely funny, um, especially the dinner where the guy comes to try and get betrothed to the flower girl and things and it, it was really alive, those moments. How about that? Sorry, I'm going to come for the grandma again, so watch out. <laughs> She's trying to sell off her daughter so that they yeah. can sort of keep it in the family like bring someone else in and make new powers for new children, right? Yeah. And then at the end, it's not the grandma who's like, you know what, you don't love him, so don't go with him, and your other cousin might like him, so they can get, go date. Mm-hmm. No, she doesn't get doesn't get involved at all. It's Mirabelle who like puts them together. Well, Lonnie, we all know that people have their favourite family members, and that some rules exist for some people and not for others. Yeah, so true. I thought that was sort of emblematic of that. But like, if the lesson is that the grandma has to actually connect and respect her grandchildren as their own people yeah very true um i'm gonna come for bruno for a second (laughs) well you've you've laid into the grammar i'm gonna lay into bruno john leguizamo firstly incredible Mm -hmm. we also should mention stephanie beatrice Mm -hmm. who's from brooklyn brooklyn 99 right my girl rosa and she was in in the heights Mm -hmm. was she the hairdressing lady she was one of them yeah okay great um, she was great. Incredible. Her voice was incredible. She's terrific, yeah. I hope she did more stuff because Brooklyn Nine's over now. Hopefully I can yeah. find something else for her to do. Yeah. Anyway, John. Listen. Love John. Would die for John. Incredible actor. So Bruno has this vision, right, of supposedly the world ending and it all being Mirabelle's fault. Hmm. And so they're like, that's it. Don't look at it anymore and go away. You, you don't want to check? You don't want to check a little bit further about what happens after that. You don't want to double check that that's definitely what's happening in your vision before you go telling everyone. Because in this, Mirabel goes and asks him for two seconds to have another vision. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was totally wrong. My bad. 
if you'd done that at the time, then you wouldn't have been banished. I took that as like the grandma and the family in general just oh, not really respecting him and sort of, yeah, I don't know. Again, he has probably one of the most valuable powers in his family. He can see the future. Keep him around. Try and... and aren't they, like, if, if the grandma has experienced trauma, which she has, wouldn't she be hyper vigilant about being safe and protecting the village? Like, she keeps talking about protecting the village and protecting the house and that the house is protecting them and all that. Maybe, like, boost up the powers that would be helpful and turn them into soldiers or something rather than just letting everyone float around distributing yeah. flower petals on everyone. It's one of those tough films because there's no real villain. It's just the sort of situation they find themselves yeah. in. <clears throat> so, yeah. When it all gets resolved with a conversation, it kind of makes you wonder why we were bothering. But the, thing, the conversation isn't a conversation. The conversation is literally a two-minute chat by the river going, my life was hard when I was younger, and Mirabel going, samesies, and that's it. They don't say, I'm so sorry for all the torment that you've been through. You don't need to have a power. In my eyes, you are complete. You have all these things that you do and I didn't see that and I'm so sorry and I love you. Like, why wasn't that the conversation? Well, it wouldn't have been nicer then potentially if the, the people, the magic people had been more elitist and they looked down on the town, but Mirabelle's the only one in the family who sees the benefit of you know, the regular folk because she is one of them as well. And then she can sort of bring those those two groups together. That could have been fun. Are you saying that Mirabelle is Princess Diana? <laughs> it's, there are parallels. <laughs> there are parallels for sure. Um, that's the other thing I didn't really sit well with me, right, mm -hmm. is that at the end the, 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 the house falls apart mm -hmm. and then the villagers come up to help and rebuild it together, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of – that was good in one sense because they're repaying the, the special people for – you know, all the help they've given them over the years. Unclear exactly. I guess just Louisa moving rocks for them. But there was a little part of me, it was like, is this them being like, well, it's about time you guys pitched in and helped us once in a while, you, <laughs> you regular villagers. <laughs> we've been doing, we've been making the weather for you for so many years and now finally you'll, you'll sort of pay us back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm sort of, maybe I'm putting on my, socialist i think you're saying speech. that the grandma is a slave owner and a tyrant in the village well i think she would have been better if she was because then like maybe mirabelle's up there in the in the family mm -hmm. and sort of secluded maybe they're in an actual castle or something and yeah she she is like loves her family and she starts to realize you know what grandma is kind of in charge of everything and isn't very nice and then she you know, leaves the t village and she makes friends with the villagers or something like that. I just feel like there could be mm. more to that. It's kind of trying to have it both ways, trying to have them be sort of uh, benevolent, special dictators of the town. I'm like, well, maybe just choose one. Make them a bit dicky at first. and then Yeah, that's interesting. Because it was sort of just a nothing dynamic in the end, wasn't it? They yeah, didn't. everyone's kind of friendly to each other and there's a little bit of family tension a little bit, but... As you're saying, it doesn't really get resolved that much. It's kind of unspoken resolution almost. Yeah. Yeah. So think about these movies too. When they're making an animation, they work on the script for like three years. Like they, they go through so many different variations. I wonder if sometimes they sort of get in a circle and they sort of 
get away from what could be a good story. I'm not saying that happened here, but I just like think of some of these. I feel like it, we, we've just made up some better ideas. Yeah. If I, I think... say so myself, <laughs> that maybe could have been better, but maybe if you're stuck in making the movie over five years, you don't see them as, as well. Well, that's the thing. You're, you're so close to it for so long that you can't ever see it again. Like it's like when you and I write something and we give it to each other to read. Mm. I know that your first impression of that is going to be so valuable because you're never going to have that same feeling again. And I can't see it the way that you see it because you're not doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like even thinking about like at uni, I was having a piece that was edited and I was describing a room and I could see it so clearly in my head. And someone else is like, where'd this other door come from? And I was like, what do you mean? I've spoken about the fact that there were two doors this whole time. And they're like, no, you don't think you did. And they're like, oh, there's two doors. And I was like, ah, okay. So I didn't realize that that didn't come across. Mm-hmm. But then when making a movie, it's so hard to get that feedback, right? Because you're constantly, you've got deliverables to the studio. They're seeing what you're doing on track. Mm-hmm. It's all panning out how you thought it would. And I think it's the same with any art is that you can't, I think for creative people, your job isn't necessarily to analyze the work perhaps think about the best way to do it maybe or maybe it is I don't know I don't know I'm not dying on this hill I'm just saying like maybe you're so involved in the creation of the thing and then you create a thing and then it goes out to everyone else and we don't have that same experience of you making this thing and being really close to this thing and we say doesn't really work for us you know Mm. I don't know how you get around that though in like the industry, like how, how you'd, I guess you do test audiences. Yeah, that can be valuable. Yeah. But maybe you need to do more test audiences earlier on, <laughs> sort oh, of like. It's, it's about find the right feedback the right yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. You can't please everyone. And how do you do that with a studio whose sole goal is about money, you know? Mm. Mm. I just really think it could have been better if the end storyline or the end sort of, where we land on this film could have been summed up in that great West Wing line where the president says, the only thing you ever had to do to make me happy is come home at the end of the day. <laughs> right? Great line. Mr. President. Great Aaron line. I feel like that should have been where they landed on Mirabelle. Yeah. That's, that's what the whole point is, right? Well, that's what I, what I meant. Like, why wasn't there conversation, you know, it was inside you all along and I didn't see it and you're kind and a lovely person. Maybe she could have said to Mirabel, the, the reason I have grown distant from you is because I also don't have powers and I know what it feels like to be surrounded by powerful people. Oh, that would have been so much better. And, you know, we have to actually be stronger because we don't have powers, but everyone else around us does and they they could get lazy or they don't know what it's like to be mm. like you and me. Yeah. In two seconds, you've come up with a much better resolution than this film had. <laughs> It's easy for us to say back here. I know, I know. Podcast, yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and one thing I would do want to say is that I was mm-hmm. thinking maybe that Mirabelle's power was jumping because she does some really great jumps. <laughs> she does do some good jumps, it's true. She jumps over like the chasm to get to the seeing room in yeah. Bruno's yeah. house. And then there's no way for her to get back, but she just does. Off screen, she does somehow. She figures it out, guys, okay? Um here's my question how specific are the powers 
Like Louise's is strength, like general strength. So I assume she's got leg strength and arm strength. Mm -hmm. Could you isolate jumping as a power? Yeah, because you have to have strong legs to jump, don't you? Or would it be like agility maybe? Well, that's the other thing. We haven't mentioned that the mum's ability, Mirabelle's mum's ability is that she can heal people with food, right? Perfect thing. That is great. And I love that because that's, you know, mother's yeah. for us. How does that get like personified when she opens the door when she's five? Because that's like two <laughs> steps, right? You know, like easily we can see that the bird comes up and sits on little cousin's shoulder and then have a chat, right? <laughs> How, how many steps do they have to go through to work out what her power is? You have to make something. Okay, so give it to us and here we'll we go. A bowl a bowl appears in front of her. Here's what we're doing. A yep. bowl appears in front of her because yep. the house is magical, right? So these things are like floating towards her. bowl yep. appears in front of her, some eggs, some flour, some chocolate. She's making chocolate right. chip cookies. Okay, so we have to wait half an hour. So we have to wait. Go. She's mixing all that. She's just going to go downstairs quickly and pop them in the oven. Won't be a sec. 25 minutes later, yep, cookies look good. We just need to cool them. Um, I've got some cookies now. The power hasn't presented itself to me, so I guess we'll just eat the cookies because we've made them. And then, like, someone's oh, there who's someone's got a broken leg. Yeah, healed, done, instantly. Yeah, it, it's just not a, a ability <laughs> you can generally sum up. Well, this is what I mean about what their rooms look like. Like, how do you, like, was Louisa? Did she look like that when she was five? Was she a five-year-old with massive guns? Is that what you're implying? <laughs> what about what about the one who can um, hear things? So she opens the door and then looks around and she's like, somebody is I think, for a swim. I think she has like a limitless moment where it like zooms into her pupil and she can hear everything that's going on and then we zoom out and it's like she just well, tells everyone, oh, by the way, I can hear everyone. Just trust like, me. Yeah, like you're down the celebration of the house, you're like, oh, you can hear stuff. And she's like, well, can maybe someone go down to the end of the street? How would you know how to test stuff? that? Yeah, that's a weird one for me, isn't it? It's a good point. You've made several good points this podcast. Thank you. Because it's about time. I've been a bit slack <laughs> recently. But... Now, it's Oscar season. Um, I think this podcast will come out before the Oscars. I'm saying I think because like, we're pre-recording. But it has been nominated for Best Animated Feature Best Original Score and Best Original Song for Dos Oroguitas. Is that how you would pronounce that? I hope that's how you pronounce that. In animated feature film category, we have Flea, which I have not seen, but I would like to. It's about asylum seekers and refugees. Mm -hmm. Luca, which is interesting that we've got a Pixar and a Disney up. I actually just forgot what Luca was. I had to think about it for a second. You forgot what Luca was? Yeah, a little guy and he's a fish. He's got a scooter. It's about pasta. How dare you? Archie the cat. Um, yes, Machiavelli. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Best character. As I recall, I issues that film as well. So. Ray and the Last Dragon, which is also a Disney film. Ooh, I didn't see that. Is any good? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying is three out of the five are Disney associated, which is not a great thing for the industry. Meglo Corporation's are never good. But also nominated in this category is a little film I like to call, because it's its name, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Which was one of the best films of the whole well, last year, not just animated. So. And wouldn't it be such an upset mm -hmm. if that film, with its animation style and its quirky, crazy story, mm -hmm. won over three very polished Disney films? Yeah, that'd be good. That's all I'm saying. 
I'd be keen for that. Although I'd be happy if Luca won, if there was some way for Machiavelli to be animated to accept the award and he could just stare at us with his little scowl. I'd be fine with that. (laughs) Me too. That'd be good. Oscars, it's good when they they honour the great films that perhaps don't get seen otherwise. So it's kind of, so that thought I'd be great if Mitchell's vs. Machines yeah. gets up. Because it's like, yeah, Disney Pixar don't need any more awards, do they? We know also, that they're great. But also, how bad's that? We're like, of course it looks great, it's Disney. Of course yeah. it's good, it's Disney. Well, then, if it's good, it's good, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I don't I don't think the plot in this storyline was enough to make it a good film, let alone, well, it was all right. It's definitely not an Academy Award winner. I would be very surprised if this won. And it would be solely for the animation style, not any of the writing, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Like maybe it's different, but that Renaissance era, early 90s, yeah. untouchable. Just hits different, man. It just hits different. And that's not because we were kids when they came out or anything like that. We watched them lots when we were little. That's not, that's not important. No, it's no. They They're just better, okay? And they don't make them how they were back then. And it's not nostalgia at all. It's totally nostalgia. What are you going to rate Encanto? I'm going to give it three stars recommendation still and the animation is great and it, it i really haven't talked about enough but like you mentioned it the family dynamics are fun and you know the main character is is very likable and i had a good time watching it but i you know it's for kids like the, um, the, the holes i'm picking yes are not really something that a kid is going to worry too much about but i'm just you know, being a bit of a dick to find all the issues with it so really, it, it was a good time, and the music and everything just carries it along. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. What, what about you, Sunny? I'm going to give it three. Story didn't hold up for me, but the animation was absolutely beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Weirdly paced. I was really bored in the first half, and then it was over really quickly, and nothing had happened. But it's fun, and I think if you had a kid, they'd like it. Like, chuck it on for them, yeah. have a little sing and a dance, go for well, it. I think, I think they mentioned this, that this might be happening. I think it might be a better use of this story world. Like they're going to do, like, an animated cartoon about it, which mm. I think would be great. You just have little storylines happening within the village. You know, there's a, there's a, there's something really big that Louisa has to move or we have an episode with the shapeshifter getting in trouble at school. Like, that could be fun, I think. Maybe Gosh, they've got story. another five years of, of content planned, haven't they? Yeah, of course. you got to. you got to get those subscribers up, you know, and keep them. So. Hashtag like and subscribe. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's been us talking about Encanto. Really did enjoy it. So, you know, and you can enjoy it for breaking holes. That, that's totally fine. Disney gets you money either way. So. It's true. <laughs> um. We're on Twitter, so now he's on there a lot, giving us updates throughout the week. I am. Please give us a like and a review and tell your friends about how great we are, just personally. Um, yeah, until next time, that's been us. See ya. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.